Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Lisa Tamayo, who will be sitting in for Matt Watson today. Hi, Lisa. Hello. How are you, Matt? Oh, I'm I'm just down with the queue, the queue yeah. time right now. Yeah. Queue time equals due time is what we're saying over here. But uh, yeah, well, first off, welcome back. And let me introduce you real quick. So once again with me today on another episode of Startup Hustle, which is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. We have Lisa Tamayo, the CEO and founder of Scholar, one of our favorite pet tech companies here in KC. So welcome back. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Well, we're going to talk about lots of good stuff, and we've been uh, trying to hustle out the episodes of Startup Hustle uh, in order to increase awareness and the conversation about how we are handling changes. And speaking of changes, man, last time I saw you, we were we were seeing Post Malone, baby. Yeah, awesome. the full scale suite. Now that that shit's on lockdown. What are we going to do? Gosh. Well, and I have to tell you, um, my family bought tickets for us to go see Lady Gaga in Chicago in August. So I'm just fingers crossed, man. That's big time bucket list. I think you'll get that one in. I think you'll hope, hopefully, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that was uh, that was an interesting day here in Kansas City. That was also the day of the Chiefs parade. So at that concert, we had Patrick Mahomes and uh, man, how many beers did that guy drink? We won't answer. We won't answer that. We won't speak on behalf of of our of Kansas of Kansas City's uh, top top celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. We love him. So, well, w- once again, welcome back. And we want to talk a little bit about pet tech and, and how some of all this stuff is affecting uh, Scholar. And once again, you know, you li- I know I like it when you're interactive. So go to Scholar.com, S-C-O-L-L-A-R. Take it away, Lisa. Sure. Um, so this is kind of an interesting um, time for us in some ways, but not in others, because we're used to working virtually. And um, the thing, the, one of the main shifts is that we have partners here that now we can't sit in front of, like we can't go to the big campuses and, and pile in a room for these meetings. So that has been a shift. And we have a big uh, corporate partner that we work with, and we had to learn how to put 13 of us in a Zoom room um, and be effective. And so that was a little bit bumpy at first, but our team was really used to it. And we just, we just did it. We got in there and and um, kept going, and we are really busy right now, um, preparing for some big launches. And the other thing that I told the team is that you know this is the moment we've been building towards for a long time, and there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the world that we need to adapt to um, as we launch, as we get ready to promote Scholar and get it out there for people. Um, this is a, a, a still a moment when people have to take care of their animals. So how can we part? How can we, as scholar, be part of enabling that to happen in this very dynamic and anxiety-producing environment that we live in currently? So we've been having a lot of discussions about that, about how to do that. And for those for those listeners that might not have heard the first episode with you on it, can you give us a little background about what Scholar mm-hmm. does? 
Yeah, so Scholar is an open platform technology for animal care. So it's a smart caller. It's also a mobile app and a data cloud, and everything's open. It's kind of like your smartphone. You know that that device that you carry around in your pocket um, is basically your world. It has your you know your GPS, your calendar, your camera, all your games, of course, um, any sort of productivity things that you do. It's all there on your phone. And the thing that makes that such a valuable tool is that you can change it the way you need it to be. So Scholar is like that, except for animals. It's kind of like someone described it as a smartwatch for animals. Um, you can customize it to make it as personal and as unique as your pet, whether it's uh, tracking the animal, um, monitoring their food and water intake, monitoring the activity, um, um, connecting with your telemedicine provider, getting training, activating the invisible fence or the pet door, um, getting suggestions for food and ordering it right through the app. All of those things are just part of the technology. And the reason that we can do all of that is because Scholar is an open platform, which means that we can make it be whatever the pet parent needs it to be. So, uh, you know, Murphy's law dictates that things will go wrong at the worst possible time in the highest volume. Yep. Um, I think so many of us are, are living that right now. You know, I mentioned before we hit record, I, you know, I went over to the full scale office to, on what I felt was a fairly standard visit. Now I did, um, I did weigh the, the gravity of traveling through some mm -hmm. COVID stricken areas and decided to make the, the leap anyway, I ended up almost getting stuck. Uh, if you, if you're interested in hearing that story firsthand, I, I published a six part series called the Corona diaries, but, um, you know, during which I had, I, I was forced to do a variety of things as a CEO mm -hmm. and a founder that I mean, honestly, I never even considered I'd have to, sure. um, what, you know, I mean, I, I, I doubt many of you listening had a viral contagion protocol, Mm. built in anywhere to what you do. What were some things as a CEO and founder of your company that you had to just like really all of a sudden you're like, oh, wow, so this is happening? Sure. Yeah. <clears throat> For us, because we have um, not just an app, but we have a hardware device. Um, one of the first things that we've had to keep really close eye on is what's going on in China because we're getting ready to deliver a product. We have manufacturing as well. And so, you know, back in January and February, everything was shut down in all of the manufacturing regions in China. But we have a person over there that we've been working with who is back at work and all of our partners have been in communication with us ensuring that we can meet the deadlines that we set. So that was a tremendous relief, but we've had to be, stay really close to the ground on that one and make sure that you know we can keep up the pace. And then on the other side, because we have partners now, we've had to say to them, look, this is the situation. We're monitoring it super closely and we'll keep you updated. Um, you know, we there's also we just had to build a little little flexibility into the schedule, but we're still racing towards that schedule. Um, the other thing is having everyone work virtually. Um, we have people scattered all over the country that that work with scholars. So we kind of used to it, but also, we had also grown accustomed to being able to sit in the same room and really plow through planning and throw things up on a whiteboard. And, and now we had to go back to um, different methods of not being in person and still be as effective. Um, and then the last piece is how do you plan a launch when you can't get in front of people in, in real time? So we've been, had to figure out how can we digitally get in front of people and how can we build a community 
at during this time because it's it's up to us to also build this community within scholar and then create that authentic experience for everyone else around us. So there's been lots and lots of conversation about that internally. Yeah, I think that there's been a a, a forced pivot mm-hmm. for a lot of people. And then you know you mentioned just that that whole uh, uh, you know much. I, I'm used to working remote. Um, mm-hmm. I've had employees on the other side of the planet for a decade and got 190 of them right now. Um, but it, there is there is a level of difference. Um, you know, one of the things I think that it, there's no doubt that we're all going to have some level of and degree of change, both personally and professionally. Um, and for some of us at home claiming to eat everything in the refrigerator, maybe some some uh some physical uh, updates to our, our, our general nature as well. But, yeah. um, you know, one of the things I think that, that there's, uh, been this influx, like I, I, I read that 62 million people last week, this is last week, mm-hmm. downloaded apps for video conferencing. Sure. And, you know, like it's, it's, it's really forcing some stuff as someone that owns a company mm-hmm. that's completely centric around the remote developer, I'm interested to see how people's working mentality comes out. You talk about, we've never had to try to squeeze 13 people into a Zoom room. It's a little different. It's a, you know, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, you get sometimes some companies it's, I've always, you know, I, we work in the tech space, so I don't, I don't have this issue, but you know, it's like, I can only imagine there's, there's these people that are like, I'm not a quote tech person. Mm -hmm. Well, you are now. Yeah, to, to for sure. get it together. Well, so, and so going back to the community part of this, Matt, um, one thing that we do with our own teams when we start a meeting is we do a personal check-in before we get to business. And so we've instituted that with every meeting that we do. We make sure to box it and time bound it so it's not something that that gets crazy and you know it takes up a lot of time in the meeting. But it's a really good way for us to continue to connect. Like when you get into a conference room with a bunch of people, you shake hands, you check in, how are the kids, how's the dog, all that stuff. But it's much harder to do that on a video call. So we're very intentional about it. And it makes a big difference because everyone is kind of at a different place right now. Some people are handling it better than others. Some people are going stir crazy. Um, and so it's it really is about that personal check-in also like, hey, how are you doing? And, and then once we all kind of have, you know, brought that personal connection into this virtual room. Well, let's, then- let's do one real quick so people yeah. know what we're talking about. So you go first, because I want to see how you do it, and then I'll follow. Okay, so I am actually doing pretty okay. Um, I will say that, um, you know, we have a pretty good routine. Um, I work out a lot. I eat healthy. Um, but I've noticed that sometimes I just, for no reason at all, just kind of seem to go stir crazy. Um, we have a dog, we walk him every afternoon, we get out and just like enjoy the outdoors and breathe again. Um, but I also have a 21 year old daughter who just joined the army. And so she's at Fort Leonard Wood, um, going through basic and straight into advanced training, um, at a time when I can't, I get, uh, two 15 minute phone calls with her a week. Otherwise it's just letters. And so I'm nervous about that. So I have to manage that stress. Um, but otherwise I'm doing pretty okay. How about you, Matt? How are you doing? 
I would think I would say that pretty okay is uh, I like to say I'm excellent and improving mm. on most days. I'm mm. okay and improving for a lot of the same reasons that you mentioned, Lisa. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm despite what most people might think, uh, I'm actually I'm the most extroverted introvert that you know. <laughs> um, people with my personality style, which is like a 99 out of 100 on Drive, are while we have the ability to be outward and social, usually like to be left alone for whatever it is that we're obsessed with at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not a problem for me to not come out of my home for, for a month or longer. Uh, overall, the things that have been challenging is, you know, as the CEO and founder and leader of, of a company like Fullscale, I have 191 global employees mm -hmm. and, I, and making decisions that over the, I mean, this last month I have oh, aged. Wow. Now we're talking about pet tech, so I got dog years for sure. Yeah, for out of this sure. last, out of this last year, this last month, um, you know, not only being on the ground and dealing with that in our office, the struggles of traveling halfway around the world, time zone adjustments. Mm -hmm. We had to close our office down and send all of our employees to go work from home. Home now, even though we specialize in remote developers they were all in the same location. So yeah. trying to make decisions that are based on the best interest of the company, because the company has to still exist later. And then on top of that, um, trying to really empathize with the needs of the dozens of clients that we work with is another, is another uh, hard part because you know, that the, these are people that we have gotten to know and we consider at, at full scale, we talk about the full scale family because we yeah. go for a win, win, win. We want it to be a win for our client, our employees and the company. Exactly. So trying to figure out where that is and how to do that and, yeah. and, you know, you have, and trying to figure out how to be selfless and selfish at the yeah, same time. Sure. And I think so that it's been it's been a challenge, but 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 I, honestly, I'm I'm really getting a lot of that figured out, and I'm feeling really great about what's going to occur. I think part of it too is you know I've I, I'm a strong swimmer, yeah, not, I, not in the actual pool, just in life. I'm that's yeah. the entrepreneurial kind of advantage, perhaps. Um, I'm so used to reacting really quickly and in a lean way that I looked at this as it was coming down the pike. I mean, we saw this coming several weeks ago. I was um, in San Francisco presenting and and uh, our um, customer success manager showed me some memes today that talk about the month of March and how it was the longest year ever. Um, so, I mean, just like uh, three weeks ago was the um, Academy Awards and Parasite won best film and all these funny things that seems like was a, a year ago or a decade ago now, but adjusting and adapting is part of an entrepreneur's toolkit. And so um, it's for me also, it's just a constant check-in with how am I doing? How's my team doing? You know, are we still on track? What do I need to do to adjust? What do I need to do to step in? What do I need to learn? Um, and, and just continuing that, that growth process myself, because just like you, I, we set the stage for everyone else on the team. And so if I'm crazy, <laughs> the rest of the team's going to suffer. So I try really hard to just keep my own psyche um, stable and focused um, with a nimble mindset, which I think is, you know, something that you hone over time. 
Yeah, I think, well, you know, I I mentioned to, while talking to multiple people, but starting with my wife, like uh, during the week of probably the 10th to the 20th, I, I, I learned more and grew more as a leader and entrepreneur and a person. Um, I mean, I, I went like, my God, you talk about, I, I think being a good leader is about, about when your company is successful, it, it, it's because of all the people that are there and right. not yourself. Right, and right. when things are tough, you have to really like find strength to hold, to hold it up on your shoulders and shield everyone, which is sometimes impossible. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, you know, being at having the location that I was at at the time being in Cebu at our office, um, you know, just like, I mean, just, I, I, and the, and the speed at which things were changing, I literally gave a speech, uh, and, and laid forward one course of action only to like have to reverse that course of action a few hours later because just things were changing so quickly. Um, And, you know, like, I I don't know, it's, it's really been a whirlwind and, and now it didn't kill me. So I'm going to be stronger for that. And, and, you know, you mentioned the ability to pivot or be nimble or agile or whatever. Um, you know, and I, and I've said this in a couple episodes already, but you know, it was Darwin who first noticed it wasn't always the strongest or the smartest, but those, the species that were able to adapt. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, at first, much like anyone else, uh, you know, I, I, I allow myself to be human and then you have to start to adapt. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, and if you can't do that, so the question is, is how are you going to adapt? So, but let's talk about that for a second, because, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about the pet tech pivot. Um, I, yeah. It's not a, a true or full pivot, but how are you, do you have some stuff that you can share with us about how you're going to get this product launch out without, with people still being squeamish about being in the same room with each other? You know, we're in kind of a fortunate situation with regard to how we view ourselves and what we feel like we're offering to people. Um, So for us, everything is about the authenticity of what we do, Um, especially given that our target market is a millennial and Gen Z pet parent. Um, At least, you know, that's where we start. Um, And they can spot hubris from 10 miles away. Um, so one of the things that we're doing is looking at the content that we deliver right now in terms of blogs, in terms of community building, how can we address where people are right now without throwing it in their faces? Like you see, there's so much COVID content right now. Um, um, if I get one more email about yeah, someone's fucking COVID policy, like I'm going to barf. Like, well, and so I mean, wait at yeah. first, but now it's like, okay, got it. I understand. So for us, it's still about people still have real life needs that they need to take care of. How can we be of service in this new environment? And so like with the last newsletter that we put out, one of the things we did was um, we talked about, you know, how to self-isolate with your animal and, and things to think about and resources. And then also for people that want to support their local community, because community is super, super important to us, how people could get involved, whether it was Red Cross or um, local shelters, or um, even we did, um, uh, there was a list that was actually uh, published here in Kansas City that started called Curbside KC, where people, it was a woman that had put it out 
um, as a Google spreadsheet, I believe, of all the places that were doing curbside pickup. And so we put that in our newsletter, like, look, there's going to be all sorts of things like this all over in your community. Go find them. Um, find ways to support your community. Go take your dog for a walk. Like, you know, really just do the same things you do, but just be adaptive. And we wanted to, and, and with the content that we're preparing to send out, you know, highlighting local heroes that are making a difference right now. Um, it's all very much the way we are in our normal voice anyway, which is all about collaboration and community. So we're just trying to really keep our ear to the ground. Like, what are people asking about? What are they struggling with? Let's meet them where they are. Yeah, you know, I uh, I set up a fundraiser myself to uh, raising some money to uh, uh, spend at local restaurants that would mm-hmm. deliver food to food yeah. service, to medical providers. And I was shocked at the, we got $1,500 in in donations in the first 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I want to encourage anybody and everybody to steal that idea from me. It was really easy, you know, and it was, uh, um, you know, coming up on $2,000 in donations. It's running through the week and actually earlier today um, recorded an episode with, I I crowdsourced a lot of that, you know, Mm -hmm. like I let, I let people make the donations, but then I put polls back out that said, you know, where should, where should we spend this? Where should it go? And uh, a local uh, entrepreneur uh, owns a restaurant called the Wings Cafe, and it got an overwhelmingly high amount of support. So earlier today, we gave away 850 bucks and said, so we'll work with them to get that figured out. But those are like the little things you mentioned. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, that just kind of popped into my head because I was looking at all these uh, hospitals and medical care providers and like how overworked and overwhelmed they were. And I was like, man, someone needs to get these people a hot meal or something. So, And also you have all these restaurants that, you know, some of which have had to close and have all this food that's going to go to waste otherwise. Sure, sure. I I saw a post today as I was perusing social media that uh, someone was suggesting to buy gift cards at local restaurants that you can't use now. But just buy them, hang on to them, and then when we can go out and eat again, you know, you can use those gift cards. But it's kind of like a pay-it-forward model, right? Like, we'll take care of you today, you'll take care of us tomorrow. And I really love all of that stuff because... Yeah, and and that's important right now. I mean, I think that, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that I really like... Um, so you talk, you know, we, we mentioned the, the, the pet tech pivot, but, mm-hmm. but we, the, there wasn't a real pivot in there. There was more so, Hey, look, there are things that we can focus on right now. Yeah. Like for example, okay. We startup hustle comes out normally Monday through Thursday and mm-hmm. we have published additional episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, cause partially it's like, Hey, if we can bring this message and like, you know, try, we're just now starting to, I I'm kind of over the, the quote, like COVID theme yeah. stuff, but, yeah. but we all have similar problems, you know, uh, coming up on 300 episodes of startup hustle at this point. Um, one thing that I've learned about all the entrepreneurs and people involved is we all have the same problems. We just handle them slightly differently, sure. but not usually. It's a, usually a, a, a pretty pretty eighty twenty in the approach, and um, you know we refer to our approach or the things that we do a little differently. But in the end, like we all have the same kind of problems, and now the world has the same kind of problems. So that's that's part of like that communal thing. Now you mm-hmm. mentioned you're you're referring to tribe building 
which tribe building uh, the modern tribe uh, mm-hmm. and when it, it, you know it, it a great example of tribe built so Seth Godin wrote a book about this and it right away he mentions the Grateful Dead mm-hmm. and that people would travel in the world to go see this band and yeah. why and it's because they had a tribe building mentality and that the people at the shows found just as much value in the experience of being at the show and around each other as they did with the band or the music. So, and that's, that's something that any business or anyone right now can really put an emphasis on. Like you can do this. I've been trying to, um, like myself, I've been trying to just make a few more connections online, do a few things here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I mentioned, recording extra episodes of a podcast, start a podcast. I don't mm-hmm. know, do something. There's yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot more people doing things that are live. And I think, I think overall, I think the world wants to hear you be positive and have a better and have a, just a generally not shitty outlook. Yeah. Uh, Cause we, I think we got past that phase. And I, and I think that we're going to end up with this great American comeback story here and be a part of that. And so. it will be different too. I mean, like one of the other things that we're looking at is, you know, you talked about tribe building, which, which um, I thoroughly believe in and um, the powerful, if you get it right. Yeah. yeah it takes a while, but you get to get it right. The Starbucks team has a book about that, which is, is the 25 lessons for building the tribe at Starbucks, which is also has a lot of the lessons that they learned. Um, but for us, You know, we had been looking at one of the ways we would get Scholar out into the community is through events where people gather with their animals, you know, like corgi conventions or pet fairs or sporting events where people are allowed to bring their animals. So in the absence of being able to do that today, we still have to figure out ways to build that community and for people to be able to relate to one another, because that's what just like we are with our children, like like we go to the soccer games or we go to the, the, the daddy daughter dances or whatever. We, we still want to build that community. So we have opportunity today that we have nobody in history has ever had, which is we have incredible digital tools. Like you talked about at the beginning of this podcast about the millions of people using these tools. And even still, you and I are using these tools right now, but we still can because it's this global phenomenon, right? That everyone can use and leverage. And we're, there's a lot of sophistication around it. So for us, we're, we have a cadence we have to keep up. We just have to pivot onto an online model as opposed to going straight into, because we were looking at like, okay, how do we make the in-store model super immersive? Because our marketing strategy, our our go-to-market strategy is very personalized, very customized based on what the pet parent needs and wants. So how do we do that in a digital format? And so we're looking at some really interesting ways to create community and that personalized system using some of these digital tools. And we're still on the back burner. We're still crafting the plans for once we can all get together again and won't that be a cool day um but at the same time we have to build this tribe you're 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 so right we have to create this tribe of pet parents who still crave connection um and our chief scaling officer dr fumi bar she's part of the the kansas city dog club and they have meetings now like this on in this virtual format um, and and they still connect with each other. And I think that's marvelous. We still have to do that because that's still what we crave. We are a social uh, uh, species and we still need each other. So we're just leveraging the tools differently. 
Yeah, you know, tri- tribe building is one of my favorite topics to talk about. As my my buddy uh, Joel Cummins, who's a keyboardist and my co-author of the Realist Guide to Successful Music Career, uh, you know, because you know bands and per- well, bands slash personalities mm-hmm. in general, um, you know, they they do an excellent job of creating a rally point. Um, mm-hmm. Now, in regards to to animals, that's another. There, there's there's a few things that go well you always hear people like oh just post a picture of a puppy and yeah. everyone will click like and yeah, right. you know there are some things that are that are very well suited for you know building a tribe around you know animals are one um you know there's a lot of different things and there's probably something that you know here at startup hustle we do that through entrepreneurship and it's uh, and that doesn't you know that the the amount of support and input that we get from so many different people that like we look at 300 episodes is that's our tribe of mentors. And, you know, I look back at just the amount of lessons that still occur for stuff we recorded a couple years ago. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow. You know, yeah. so the, I guess that's why we did that. And yeah. uh, there's a, there's a way for you to share your story. You talk about having to do things a little differently. Before I hit record, I, we were we were joking about our virtual nature here because we've got a fancy recording studio with lots of cameras and bandwidth and <laughs> and and pop filters my and my laptop and, on my lap. <laughs> yeah, and fancy signs, and you know, there's not dogs barking or children yeah. screaming, and yeah. well on most episodes, but yeah. So, so, but with that, there's a level of understanding and tolerance right now that, that gives you some leeway for producing early stage content. Cause you know, like many well-known tech founders will say, if you don't look back at your first release later with absolute terror, then you hung on to it for too long. Yeah. So, you know, take a chance, people mm-hmm. like there's all kinds of stuff going on out there. If you've uh, ever thought about putting something out, but you're worried about, oh, I don't know if I could do it. Guess what? You can get away with it right now because everyone's sitting at home without pants on right now. Yeah. I, my uh, Matt Watson, who's who wasn't with us on the other episode either, but he he uh, or actually was maybe one of our guests. Luke Wade had mentioned that there was an article about from Walmart that selling tops like shirts was was uh, had spiked up dramatically but but pants but pants were on a decline and uh that's terrible hey hey it is what it is it is what it is but look that my point is you only have to spend half as much to look awesome so No, I think overall the the level of content for for the level of acceptance for content is is at an all time low as long as you have something valuable or interesting to say. So you know what I think also what I I will counter just slightly on that. I still think that there are times when I get up and I'm like, oh, just hang out in my pajamas today. I also know that my team is looking to me to be the leader, right? They like oh, yeah. yep. their kids for me. So it's really important that I take a shower um, and that I clean up and that I put my pants on and I show up because um, we still have a lot of work to do. And so I think a lot of this, and you've mentioned it a couple of times during our conversation, Matt, is a lot of this is your mindset. And um, we're going through a lot of emotions, even in, in the scope of one hour, there could be a whole lot of emotions. Like if you accidentally read the news, it could throw you into a tailspin and then you got to go to a meeting, right? 
But the main thing is, at least what we've discovered as a team is we need to be agile and we need to be very um, ready to adapt to what's happening and also really check in with each other and make sure that we're all okay. Um, yes, I mean, there's been times when I've showed up to a video conference in my PJ bottoms, um, but um, mostly I still feel like I have to do business as usual, but in this new environment, because it's really important for people to feel like um, the boat is no, not the boat, the bus. I'm the bus driver is the way I describe myself. The bus is still on the road. We're careening down the, the highway at full speed. And so the, the people that are, that have been trusted me have gotten on the bus with me. They need to know that I still know how to drive. You know, there's, there's something you mentioned about working from home. So, you know, I, I, I believe that only about one out of 35 people are going to get it right. I mean, like, cause everyone's like, everyone, Oh, I want to work from home. Well, homes, what homes where the largest number of your distractions exist. Oh, it's also, it's cause it's where your couch is mm -hmm. and a number of things. So I've been successful. I've worked from home since my late twenties and mm -hmm. I'm in my mid forties now. And I, and the, the routine side of things is mm -hmm. important. So, and I'm normally not a, a waking up in the morning. I have a that really nice home gym which seems like a real genius purchase this last month, by the way. Um, but, you know, yesterday I got up and walked on my treadmill at seven in the morning just to like put my get, make sure I had blood pumping and was, yeah. you know, like a, awake and alert because it's, it's real easy to kind of phone it in. And I did have, uh, mm -hmm. I've, I, you know, you talk about being there for people. I've made a lot of phone calls and just messages to people to try to talk to the, like the people I know and just say like, Hey, they're like, Hey, what's up? Why are you calling? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just want to see how you're doing. I, can uh, I, ha mm -hmm. I had one, I had one, I won't mention who said, man, I feel like all my employees, some, a lot of my employees are phoning it in right now. And I don't know what to do because we're in a really shitty spot. I said, I don't think those are the people you want on your team anyway. So like, you know, like, here's the thing is if you work somewhere, don't phone it in. This is a time to step up. You got to get your shit together. This isn't a vacation. And by the way, this is probably going to last a little longer than you think it is. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I think that's true. And I think also, you know, this is where the flexibility needs to come in because um, those odd things acting out or freaking out anxiety, they're going to show up. And, and so I feel like um, one of my jobs on a daily basis is to make sure that I'm in a good space emotionally so that I can capture those moments when my team have a freak out moment and, and be there and just listen. Sometimes just keep my big fat mouth shut and listen and reassure them. Um, and now looking at the stats, there's millions and millions of people that are impacted by this. And so this is unprecedented in our lifetime. So I think the way that we handle it on an ongoing basis is going to evolve too. And so the amount of patience that we can show to each other is going to mean a lot. And even just a simple hi, like when we walk our dog every day, um, saying hi to people sitting on the porch and just, Hey, how are you? Just, you know, so that there's that, that connection always, even though sometimes I feel like I just want to go get in my bed, and <laughs> pull a cover up over my head. I can't do that. Cause I need my team to not do that. And, and so um, that personal connection I think is harder in a virtual environment, 
it's still just as necessary. And this is our opportunity, to your point earlier, to really figure out not how, not only just how to work at home, but how to do so effectively and stay connected with each other. You know, in my in the first book that I published, Balance Me, I have a whole chapter about personality styles in it, and you know, the whole the that book is about finding success within your personal, professional and physical life. And the reason that I have a chapter about personality styles in a quote, life balance or success book is that is to help people understand that your worst qualities come out when you're stressed or tired. And then also understanding that the way you communicate and the way and your the way you uh, just your general, uh, you know, interaction with other people is based on your personality style and how it mixes with theirs. Mm -hmm. So one of the, you know, there's literally charts in there and this isn't hard to find. I didn't invent this information. There's uh, you know, it, I like the disc DISC personality okay. evaluation. It's just pretty simple and straightforward, but it'll show you the positives and the negatives of every personality style. And so you can have, and I fall back on that a lot to, well, I know a lot about people's personality styles. Let's mm -hmm. put it that way. And I've, I've made that a, a focal point of mine. So I, I, I've trained myself to spot when certain, you know, certain people with certain personality styles might be doing stuff. And I'm like, okay, they're stressed. And I think stress is, uh, stress is it, it, on a supply and demand curve. Stress has got an all time supply right now. For sure. Um, it's definitely not in demand. Mm -hmm. Um, usually never, but there's a, a shitload of it out there. You have, you have, I mean, there's just a lot of uncertainty and, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm a, I'm a very, I, I have a high aversion to risk. Like I look, what I'm doing might fail, but I have a lot of faith in myself to get up off the mat and figure something else out. So I'll be fine in the end. Yeah. Not everybody feels that way. And I think it's important that, that you understand not only from potential clients or employees or family members, anyone mm -hmm. that everyone's going to handle this a little differently. And some people let worry and anxiety consume them more so than others. And, you know, it's a time to, you can, you know, I mean, it's just, you got to deal with it because freaking out, panicking and being assholes to each other isn't going to help anything. It's definitely not going to help right now. And the more great. Should, should that be my quote for this episode? <laughs> freaking out, panicking and being assholes to each other isn't going to help anyone. Well, I'm a big proponent of positive language. And I, I say this yeah. theme all the time. And so if there's ever a no or a don't or a negative in a sentence, I will add, I will challenge the team and say, let's turn that around and make it a positive. So um, I would say um, being kind and respectful to each other and enabling each other to, to catch each other when we are freaking out so that we can yeah. be stronger together. That would be how I would um, phrase that for myself and for my team. Because um, I had a Reiki master who used to say to me, um, I would say, I'm not going to be afraid. And she'd say, you need to flip that around because even anything that you put the negative word into, it frames how you, how you see it. So I changed it and I said, I'm going to be courageous. I'm afraid I'm going to go anyway. And so I, I, I frame everything in that way. And that really helps tremendously. And I've brought that to the team. Yes, this is a scary time and we're going anyway. So let's figure out how to be adaptive. Let's figure out how to support each other and let's go. Yeah, I've done a I, I've done a little background on the the framing of words. I call it fact shaping, mm -hmm. actually. But you you mentioned like if you look around a lot of stores and uh, they 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 won't put up signs that say things like "don't" 
mm-hmm. you know, and just like negative anything. Cause it's just not, it's not generally a good vibe. Yeah. Well, once again, with us today, we had Lisa Tamayo, CEO and founder of Scholar. You can learn more about Scholar, S-C-O-L-L-A-R.com. A little bit about pet tech and some pivots and and maybe just a few good old lessons in life. Well, Lisa, thanks for taking time with me today. And uh, and I, I want to I get back with you and hear more about um, the product launch or maybe the virtual product launch, or maybe we use Startup Hustle as a way to help you announce the virtual like product it. launch. I like it. Let's do it. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. See, see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.